Welcome to the Come and Belong podcast. I'm your host, Brother Zach Coder. We are so excited to have you guys here, and uh, our, our tens of listeners will know this, but um, you probably know that we haven't been doing two podcasts a week. Um, we just kind of made the executive decision as we're trying to really kind of figure out, if I'm being completely honest, what this podcast is all about. And uh, we've been meeting with a group of our students, and they've they've given us some feedback. And so once a week is enough, they say. So we're just going to go once a week, and we're gonna um, we're gonna kind of combine some of that fun that we do with uh, our interviews. And uh, so today we have in our luxurious studio <laughs> a good friend, uh, a current student, and a former student, I guess. But anyway, this is Trinity Fletcher. Trinity, say hi. Hi, guys. We're so grateful that you're here today joining us. Um, yeah, I've known Trinity for a little bit of time. We we used to live in Cedar City, and so that's where we met uh, Trinity and her family. And um, yeah, she's amazing. And she's got a fun, cool, interesting story to share with us. I shouldn't say interesting, but okay, it's interesting. But what I mean is inspiring. That's the word I was searching Thank for. Thank you. <laughs> oh, as you can tell, I don't have a script. Okay, so, um, but first, what I thought I would do with our guests, if it's okay with you, Trinity, we're going to play a game. Absolutely. I you love ready? games. Yes. Okay, this is called... Ikea catalog or Scandinavian author? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you decide. So okay. Okay. I'm going to read either a the name of something from the Ikea catalog. Okay. Or the name of a Scandinavian author. I know, right? Pretty aptly okay. named game. I'm ready. And you have to tell me which one it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I do not speak Scandinavian <laughs> and I apologize. I'm not trying to mock. And so here we go. Askersund Wedding. I'm going to go with author. Ikea product. Oh. <laughs> it's a cutting board. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. Okay. Okay. Ready? Here we yes, go. Here we yes. go. Here we go. Um, Hagrimur Pettersson. Author. Good. Yes, that was okay. probably the Pettersson that gave it away, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. I'm going to go back and let's see which one do I want to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bjorn Stjorn Bjornson. Ikea. Author. Oh, they're all the same. I know. And I, again, I shouldn't <laughs> mock. Uh, and I'm not mocking. I'm really not. I just think it's fun. Did you know that Ikea names all of its things after a Scandinavian word for its functionality? No, I didn't That's know that. That's how they got all those names. There wow. I was just at Ikea Were two you really? weeks ago. What loving all the names. I bought a blanket. What was it called? I don't know. Something <laughs> Scandinavian. Blanket soon? No, okay, yes, yeah. exactly. We oh, were. I was there with a friend going to the Vegas temple. That's so cool. So we stopped at Ikea because, you know, why not? I love Ikea. I do too. And I should just mention that this, this uh, podcast episode is not brought to you by Ikea, <laughs> just in case. Better specify <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, we are not sponsored <laughs> in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Um, but thank you. Okay. A little bit of fun out of the way. And Trinity's a fun person and she, uh, I just, I'm just excited to have you and thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. I feel honored. Well, Trinity, um, I know that you, you, um, are, are a convert to the church and you've got a cool story that way. And, um, your recent life has been interesting to say the <laughs> least. And we just want to know how you've been keeping close to the savior, um, and, and feeling a sense of belonging with him and coming close to him. So I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about you and then how you joined the church, so to speak. And yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much. 
So I'm Trinity, as you know. Um, a little bit about me. I am a dance fitness instructor. I've been teaching dance for six years now. Um, I teach at a few of the gyms here in town. And then I also am a writer, which I went to school for. Super random. I write job ads. So if you need job ads, yeah, if you need an HVAC technician ad done, I'm your girl. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> if you need good. an office assistant, <laughs> yeah, I work for a company called Applicant Pro. Um, and last year when I started looking for work, I just really wanted to find some sort of writing job that I could do remotely. And so that's Very what cool. I, that's what I came across. Across. So that's cool. Yeah. And what gyms do you teach at? I teach at Vasa and at Summit Athletic Club. Very cool. Yeah, I teach. Awesome. I teach Latin dance right now, Zumba, as well as hip hop. So well, I love go. it. It's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. so fun. I also have three kids. They are seven, five, and almost two. So two girls and a boy. So between those couple of things, I am uh, life Crazy. is full. Yeah, yeah, life is full. It's good, but it is full for sure. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. And and we were talking a little bit before. Now you you say that you're. You are a convert to the church, but mm -hmm. you said that you were baptized at eight. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, yeah, the story behind that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I grew up in Price, Utah. Um, it was my mom and my younger sister and I, my parents divorced when I was seven. And when I was seven and eight years old, I actually attended the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, years later, I actually asked my mom, how, how did that even happen? Cause I attended and took my younger sister, like as kids, we went by ourselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, we lived close. It was safe. It was totally fine. But yeah. you know, I asked her why, and, and she shared with me, um, actually I had visiting teachers that came over and, and they invited us and you felt inclined to go. So I let you go. So I, me and my four, you know, my four-year-old sister, we went together and um, so I was there briefly. I was baptized right before I turned nine. And then shortly after that, my mom started going to a non-denominational Christian church okay. and I wanted to go with her. And, you know, so that's what I grew up in. And Very cool. I learned a bit about God. And, you know, when you're a kid, I think sometimes you don't know exactly, you don't understand everything, but it seemed like a place I liked with really good people that I loved and I had great friends and there were good programs. And so I, I really enjoyed attending that church as I grew up. So... That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So then what led you back or yeah, what led you back yeah. to the church? And yeah. So, um, I, I had a pretty difficult situation when my, um, when I was 12, my mom remarried and, um, you know, we moved in with him and, and from the age of 12 until I moved out at 16, um, he was sexually abusive toward me. And so there was, there were a lot of years where I felt really lost. I got into some stuff that, you know, just trying to figure out how to deal with such hard things yeah. as a young adult and not knowing where to turn and stuff like that. And I did eventually move out. Um, when I was 16, I decided I'd go spend a summer with my dad and he lived up in North Ogden, him and my stepmom and my stepbrother. And you know, I felt like I didn't, I didn't know all of them very well. I feel like even though my dad had been there my whole life and I had visited him, it was like sort of a new relationship to me. And what was crazy was I just felt so safe. With, and this is with your stepdad. Yeah. With my, with my dad. I'm sorry. With your yeah. dad. Your dad mm -hmm. that's right. Yep. With my dad and my stepmom there. I just remember living there and, and not feeling scared. And that was a big change for Huge. me. Yeah, it was huge. So I spent a summer there and I was, you know, I, the plan was to head back to Price um, in the fall to start my junior year of high school. And I I had this experience actually where I was uh, walking outside. It had just rained and I, I was walking to a friend's house and I saw a leaf on the ground. And it was this crazy experience where I just 
I just felt this feeling, don't go back. Like you can stay here. You can make that choice if you want. You can move. You're old mm-hmm. enough. You can you can choose to live here. And, you know, it's so interesting because later on talking um, to my husband at the time, I shared that experience with him and he said, you had the Holy Ghost. And maybe you didn't realize that at the time, but you were you were a member of this church. You had been given that gift and received that gift. And, and you know, it was really cool to look back at times that I felt the spirit, even though I didn't know that's what it was. And, and that was one of those times. So that day I went home and I said, Dad, I know this is crazy, but I... I need to live with you. And he just, he scooped me up. He didn't even ask what was going on. I think he just knew something wasn't, you know, wasn't right. And so he took me in and and that was really, it was challenging in my relationship with my mom because I love her so much and it it was really hard to leave. So we've, we've done some work over the years. We've gotten close and have worked through some hard stuff through, you know, those years that, that took place at that home. Can I ask, and I hope this isn't um, too personal, but at that point, um, when you're living with your biological dad and, um, did people know what was going on? No, no one knew. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I started to gain friends and I don't really remember when I even started opening up much about that. I never initially, especially never had, um, I didn't have conversations like with my dad and stepmom about it until, think years down the road, I think I opened up to my stepmom, but I feel like, um, I don't know if my dad wanted to know. I kind of got this sense that, you know, he just was fine with just taking me in and not really right. understanding what was going on and stuff like Those that. And attached. He just, yeah. I, I love and, you said that scooped you up. Yeah. And they were so supportive. I mean, they could tell I was messed up. <laughs> I, re- I mean, I really was. I just, I was struggling a lot with, um, specifically with self-harm. I just didn't know how to deal with the, you know, the emotions of what was going on and the trauma and the abuse I experienced. And they got me into counseling and they were trying to help me figure out, you know, how to figure things out, basically how to heal. And so, yeah, I really, I received a lot of support even without them knowing the details of why, which is pretty incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So at what point then, um, you're having these promptings and again, hindsight, right? Yeah. You're having these promptings, you're having these feelings that you should stay. Um, is it, was it at that point that you decided I need to let God in and I need to go back to a church? I mean, or, or cause I assume that your biological dad, I, I, I'm assuming things was he a member of the church? He's not, no, okay. he's not a member of the church. Yeah. So my stepmom um, is technically a member of the church. She's been inactive for quite a while and my dad is not a member. Okay. And so, um, I I was still attending church when I moved and then I moved up and I looked for a Christian church. I looked around and um, I did go to one and kind of went to another one. I mean, I, I was definitely interested in right. religion and okay. specifically in having a relationship with God. But um, kind of the turning point for me is I, I had my junior year of high school and then my senior year of high school. And during my senior year, um, I was writing for the the high school newspaper. So you've always loved writing. I've always loved writing. That's I'm a so wordsmith. Cool. I'm obsessed. I just it's it's in my soul. Like I just really really love it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I I wrote for the paper and then I got my degree um, after high school in English with a creative writing emphasis. That was what I studied. Very so, cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I um I interviewed this girl named Anna Kendall. And I don't even, I couldn't tell you to this day what the heck we even, I don't know why I was interviewing her, but she just had this light about her and 
you know, I just asked why, basically. I could just tell she seemed like a genuinely happy person. What's and What's different about you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why, are you, why you are you so happy? What yeah. do I need to figure this out, you okay. know? And and she shared with me about her membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and about the gospel. And, you know, I was familiar because I, I had been attending when I was younger. Um, but actually, the church I grew up in taught against our church, you know, the LDS church, okay. which so is kind of interesting. Yes, like- yes. So I was sort of, you know, there was some discomfort, like, sure. eh, kind of heard this isn't the, the best place to yeah. be. I'm yeah. not sure. But I was... 1000% convinced in that moment, having that conversation with her that she had something I did not. And I wanted it bad. I wanted to be happy. Like she seemed happy. And so we became friends. I ended up um, dating a boy who was active in the church. And so I got interested. I met with the, I met with the missionaries and this, so this was towards my senior year of high school. Okay. And, um, you know, I kind of just decided that I needed to get away <laughs> if I wanted to to make a huge change. And my parents at the time, I think my mom was pretty uncomfortable with it. And my dad and stepmom, they didn't seem opposed, but I think maybe they thought it was sort of a phase for me because I really was very much in this time of trying to figure out right. who I am. Yeah. What do I want? What do I believe in? You know? And so, um, you know, I spent the summer there and I, I decided to attend SUU, you know, in Cedar City. Very cool. Which is where we met. Yes, so love cool. It, love it. And I did. So I went down and um, I had, you know, I just, I started attending Institute and I went to a singles ward. I went to church every year and it took about five seconds for me to fall in love with it all. I just. Okay, now pause really quick. Yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, wait. So you weren't. Uh, you'd already been baptized, but you weren't like <laughs> baptized when you were attending Institute. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like at what point did you, okay, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> at what point was I like, this is yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I better back up. Okay. Sorry. So, sorry. Sorry. No, did I miss that? So okay, no, no, no. no, okay, no okay. Yeah, I know. You're like, what? When? How? No, no, no. How'd you're you totally get fine. there? Okay. I had two really important experiences actually right before I graduated. So it was in between probably January and, and May okay. of graduating from high school. So at one point I went with Anna. I mean, Anna and I clicked. We were in choir together. So singing is like the other thing oh, I'm yeah. obsessed with. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So we were in choir together and uh, we went on like a double date. We went to the temple. We went to Temple Square down in Salt Lake City. Okay. And we went and saw the Joseph Smith Restoration movie. And I watched it and I didn't really know about Joseph Smith's story. I didn't know much about him at all. But I had that I had that confirmation that I didn't know what it was. Right. But I felt like this is real. Like mm. it just felt so poignant to me. And I just remember walking around Temple Square after and being like, I think this is gonna be my life. I think I'm gonna find a lot of this, like a lot of this joy that I feel right now. So cool. It was a very hopeful moment for me. Another big turning experience, and really I think this was the this was the catalyst into me deciding I want to learn more. Like I really want to jump in with both feet and see what I think about this church. Um, There was one day, it was really close to graduation. And I just thought, I just feel like I need to know more and I don't know where to go. I don't know who to ask. And I was like, well, there's a seminary building, I guess, you know, of all the places that would be the place (laughs) to go. So after school, I wandered over to the seminary building I literally walked around till I found a teacher. Like, I don't know this building. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anyone here. Yeah. I just walked around and I, and I found a room and I found a teacher and I just said, Hey, I have some questions. Like, 
you know, you got some time basically. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I wish that I could remember his name. I need to go back and, and figure that out someday. But, um, we had a conversation. I just said, this is where I'm at and I'm interested. And so he taught me about kind of about the plan of salvation, some of the basics and, you know, about the different kingdoms and stuff like that. And the thing that changed my life in that moment was I expressed to him, I just feel like I need to know everything before I, you know, it's like, I just have all of this stuff I don't understand and I don't know. And I want to know more before I join the church. And he just said, if you wait until you know everything about this church, you will never join. And I was like, oh, that was deep. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I, again, I felt that confirmation of the truth of what he was saying. And it, it was not to try to hide anything. And it was not to try to, you know, force me into something. It was just this very genuine, like we are all still learning yeah. Me as a whatever, you know, in his yeah. 40, 40 year old man, I am still learning and will always be learning. Yeah. And I was like, well, dang, that's enough for me. Like if he doesn't have it all figured out now, then I absolutely as a 17 year old don't have to. <laughs> so I want to check it out. And so, yeah, so that was right around the time I graduated. And then I moved down to SUU in the fall. And that was when I, I did. I jumped in with both feet and man, Institute really I mean it was everything for me I was like a sponge it was like what I looked forward to every day I graduated with an advanced certificate like it was ridiculous yeah like I graduated and then they gave me like another graduation paper (laughs) and they're like you really you really graduated (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I know I just love it okay so yeah you know we had a class together there and I just I had a variety of classes and I just loved it I loved every minute that's so cool yeah thank you tell me how um and I guess maybe we can segue into the the next portion, but like how, looking back, how did you see the atonement of the Savior working in your life? Oh my gosh. How did you see him drawing you closer to him? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the last few years, I've especially been really excited about the enabling power of the atonement and that concept. But when I was first coming in, that was something I didn't understand. And I was definitely focused specifically on the redeeming power of the atonement and for me there was so much to change I mean I was just living my life in a totally different way before I before I knew how I really wanted to live it shortly before I moved down to college actually I sat outside I went the first time I visited um a temple outside of that double date that we went on I went to the Ogden temple and I sat outside and I just beheld the beauty of the temple and I remember feeling like how will I ever make it inside there? If I decide I want to go inside a temple, like how, how will I ever change my life enough? Because I just felt so far away from that being possible. And as I learned about the gospel and about how much Jesus loves me and about what he did for me and about just the truths of the temple. And I was, I just knew, you know, I just knew I don't, I don't know how to make these changes, but I know that I will. That is possible. You know, yeah, I know that I can. And so, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know if that answers your question. (laughs) And I love how you're you're seeing that, like, that in your younger years, you really, I mean, we we always need the whole atonement, but that you recognize there was some changing in that redeeming process. Um, Let's shift gears a little bit, like, you face some some fun stuff as an adult. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> how have you seen the enabling power help you through some some rough stuff? 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Again, I love that. And the church, sometimes we, we, when we talk about the atonement, it, it, I, I think that a lot of us just, our brains go to that redeeming side, right? The, mm-hmm. oh, I've made a mistake and I need to change. Yeah. And so the savior can help me. And that's beautiful. And I do not want to minimize that in any way, shape or form, but, um, the enabling power, right? The, the ability to do things that, that aren't my fault necessarily. And they're not, it's just, I, I can't do a thing. And mm-hmm. so I need the atonement to help me accomplish something that I cannot do on my own. Yeah. So I just, I love that you're, you're experiencing the full atonement. But yeah. I'll just shut up now and let you talk. <laughs> Sorry. I love hearing you talk. Oh, well, you're too bad. <laughs> well, you know, there's this, like, I don't even know if it's a scripture or just a phrase that people use, but God can't give you more than you can handle. Right. You've mm-hmm. heard that. Yeah. And a friend one time said, I don't think that's accurate. I think really it's God won't give you more than you can handle if you access the power of the atonement and the power of Jesus Christ. And I was like, amen to that, because I spent a lot of years trying to do it on my own. And it was way more than I felt like I could handle. My life really changed when I was able to incorporate the Savior into it. But um, yeah, continuing on with my story. So I met... um, I met a guy while I was at school. I had been at school for a year. We met in choir. Big surprise, you know, doing the <laughs> choir thing. I was I was in institute choir. Very cool. At that point, um, my second year, I was in a leadership position and just really loving it. He had just gotten home from his mission, and we ended up dating a few months after that, and we got married the following year. So I um, got married in 2012, and um, we went through a lot. <laughs> like that's the easiest way to say it I guess the most simple way (laughs) um I um so I I'm just recently divorced I just got divorced last year and so we were married for nine and a half years and eight of those years were were very hard they were years that I thought might break me Mm. (laughs) and um I absolutely know that the only way I made it through the experiences I did in that specific relationship was because of the enabling power of the atonement and because of my savior. So it was a lot of, I mean, there was definitely some frustration where I, you know, I felt like I had been treated so poorly before. And then I came into this marriage and I sort of experienced not the same thing, but a similar feeling of not being treated well. And there were times where I thought this is confusing. You know, I, I found the gospel and I, everything supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. Isn't everything supposed to be quote unquote perfect? Like exactly like I expected it to be. And I mean, I wasn't naive that marriage comes with challenges or anything like that, but I, I definitely thought I would be on a different journey than I was. Right. And, um, what that afforded me was the opportunity to know that I just could not do it without my savior. And we, um, through, through that process of being married, we were separated on multiple occasions and there was a lot of decision making on my end and trying to figure out what was the right thing. And, you know, especially as we had children, it was no longer just about me. This right. was this was an eternal family, not just yeah. an eternal marriage, but there were children involved, too. And um, some pl- something that was really so powerful for me was spending time in the temple. I felt like that was my place of refuge. And in a way, it was hard. It was hard that a lot of the time I was there alone. That was challenging. But I have some really intimate experiences being in the celestial room and really just literally praying my heart out, if that's if that's the phrase you would use. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, really just pleading with the Lord, like, to help me know what to do. 
and to make decisions that were not just based on my emotions, but that could be in line with what Heavenly Father wanted for me, you know, trying to understand his will for my life. Because never at any point did I really believe this is wrong. I'm in the wrong relationship. I'm in the wrong situation. It was never that. It was these are the things I'm meant to be going through right now and I don't like it and I'm not a super huge fan and I didn't plan on it, but I'm here like, God, I'm here for it. Like, so what do you need me to do? How do you need me to grow? And that was really so much of what I focused on as I went through so many years of, of turmoil in this relationship. I really appreciate that. Um, cause I was going to ask like, how do you access it uh, again? Going back to the redeeming side, you know, there's so many lessons throughout you know, Sunday school and, and whatever seminary about here's how you repent. Um, but like, how, how do you, how do you access that? The other side, uh, not that there's two, only two sides. To each other, <laughs> how do you ac- access that? And I love what you're saying that like the temple and I, I just, it's such a unique way that you've prayed that uh, what do I need to do? Lord, mm-hmm. it, I can't change it. And so how am I going to get through it? That's, that's yeah. a humble, humble way to approach that. Thank you. Thanks so much. Was there anything else that you felt like if you, if you could give somebody advice who's going through struggles and they don't have to be, um, abuse or or divorce, but like just what other advice would you have for somebody who's trying to access? They're like, okay, well I'm in it. It, I can't change my circumstances. So is there anything else you'd say to somebody who um, is looking for that strength from the atonement? Yeah, I would say be faithful. (laughs) And I mean, that looks like so many different things for so many people, But just having hope that like life is good and if you're going through something hard, life will get better and really just trying to have the perspective that like this is really just here and now. There is so much more and there will be so much more we experience, not just in this life, but in the eternities. I think, too, um, I've done I've done a lot of work on myself and a lot of work on my thoughts And I think that there has been an indescribable power in striving to feel about myself the way that Heavenly Father feels about me. And that was something specifically because of the challenges I went through in my marriage, um, struggling with self-esteem because of the things that were happening and my journey through that and coming to love myself just as I was and, and really realizing that my self-esteem and my life was no one's responsibility except for my own. It was totally up to me, Mm. but heavenly father could help me get to where I wanted to be. And I think specifically when it comes to the enabling power of the atonement, what I saw in my life was that as I strove to be faithful and know that even though I didn't know how it was going to work out, like God would create miracles in my life. I look back at especially as I'm, you know, kind of out and I've had some time to heal out of this relationship. I look back and I'm like, holy crap, how did I even, (laughs) how was I having children and taking care of them and, and, you know, working and teaching? Yeah. Yeah, How was I even, but that's just it. Like God gives you the power to do things you just absolutely cannot do. Like the atonement gives you power to do those things. And, and when I made the decision last year to get divorced, I remember one of my first worries was I felt just overwhelmed at the idea of all of the changes that had to happen logistically in my life. I was a stay-at-home mom with three kids and I thought how am I going to find a job one specifically where I can be at home with them because I just I felt so passionately about being able to raise them while they were young and not in school yet. How am I going to find a place to live? 
how am I going to go through this whole legal process of separating myself from someone? There were so many, it felt like so many obstacles. Mountains. <laughs> yeah, mountains for sure. And I had this impression one day, and I'm so grateful for the peace that it brought, but I just really felt like if I work hard and am faithful, even though I don't understand, I cannot fathom how I'm going to be able to do all these things. I absolutely believe that God will provide miracles and time after time. The last year of my life has been miracles. I think because I believed they would happen and then I strove to see them as they did and to, and to often, you know, express to heavenly father. I'm so grateful. I see you in my life. Like I see, I see the hand of my savior and I'm here for it. Whatever you need, you know, I want to, I want to be here to serve and, and to keep moving forward. And I, I also just want to say, um, to anyone who might be listening to this, that, you know, we go through experiences in this life and sometimes it's really hard in the middle of it to see why we would go through such difficult things. And I have been just overwhelmed as I've looked back at my life and I've seen that I had this idea of how things would happen, particularly in my marriage and with my family. And although it has been so much harder than I ever could have imagined, it has been so much more beautiful than I ever, ever could have even hoped for. And I think that is in itself the beauty of the plan of salvation is that we're going to be on a different journey maybe than we expected. But I really believe that before we came to this earth, we agreed that we could do this hard thing. We, we said, please send me. I want, I want to do it. And we knew that it was going to be difficult. And when we utilize Heavenly Father and when we utilize our Savior, we truly are able to live the life that Heavenly Father is laying out for us. And we just have to be willing, you know, and it's, it's good. It's a good life. What a cool, I just, there's so many things I want to say, <laughs> but I don't want to cheapen what you've just shared with us, but maybe I'll just point out one. I, I love, so this, this last week we had general conference, right? And, and something the prophet said just has hit me so hard. He, t- he told us to expect miracles mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was, but in my mind, like something like snapped in a good way <laughs> and it was yeah. like. The prophet of the Lord just literally gave you permission to expect miracles. I don't know if I've always been like, well, you know, I get we have to balance his will be done, you know, with mm-hmm. my my desires. But like the past week, I have I have I have I don't want to say demanded, but I've been like, OK, Lord, the prophet said I can. So I need a miracle today. And yeah. he has. He's come through with it. Yes. And and I recognize something. It happened mostly with my mom this weekend, some miracles in her life that that I was, you know, asking petitioning the lord for and sorry I'm, this is not making any sense no I love something it. you said I, I saw with my mom and what i'm hearing you say is just beautiful it's almost like the recipe for a miracle right yes. president nelson talked about the healing uh, power of gratitude it's mm-hmm. been a theme in his presidency um and i think that ability and i know it's hard in the middle of garbage right to be grateful for things but focusing on and looking back and, and, and noticing how God has led you and, and finding that gratitude, I think, is is how we access miracles. I'm just hearing that in your story. Again, I've, I've had some experiences this week where um, that's been the case, but I love I that. love that. That's so amazing. I think I've really learned at this point, and I, I love getting older, and I love learning because I feel like my perspective really just grows. Yeah. 
But the thing is like happy is found along the hard. It's not like we get to some point and we're like, now life is good. (laughs) Now I'm trial free. Like that's not the way it's meant to be. There's so much power in being able to find, you know, those little gems in the middle of the cave or or whatever you might be in, you know, that's, and I think really the key, you know, you talked about expecting miracles and I think that's so beautiful. I think the key is to look for miracles and expect them and be willing to know they're not going to look like what you want them to be. And I think that's where we get confused, right? We're like, okay, I would like my miracle to be, I would like to find the (laughs) career of my dreams. At this time. (laughs) Yes. I would like it to be next month. I would like to make this much money. And this is, you know, and like, that's not life. And so it's being open to, hey, you give me whatever miracle you see fit for my life. Like, especially over the last year, things did not happen how I expected with time frame and job and my living situation and stuff like that. But I was given exactly what I needed, which was something even greater than I understood with my limited knowledge right. as a mortal. And perspective. Know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, so cool. I, how did you say that? Happy is found along the heart. Is that what you said? Yeah. That was good. That's good, right? Is that, is that, is that a Trinity I'm, original? That is. That is. Trinity Dude, original. Dude, you, like you need to write. I know you're writing a book right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, I, I, it's very slow going. But... Well, please write another one called Happy <laughs> is found along the heart. That was okay. good. All I right. love that. Deal. We're probably going to name the podcast that. This oh episode. my gosh. Stop That's it. This is. Oh, I love it. Oh, I, I've so circled perfect. it and I'm like, okay. Trinity, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your, your um, thanks for your inspiring, the inspiring way you're living your life. You're um, I think we can all learn something about gratitude and, and finding miracles and just sticking close to the Savior. So you are incredible. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You bet. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And I just want to remind everybody that this podcast is not affiliated with nor endorsed as an official production of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All words and opinions expressed by participants are solely their own and do not reflect official doctrine of the church. 